is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Eve. Wednesday show, best show of the week. Hope the listeners are excited about the Wednesday shows. As I am, and also the Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday shows. Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Football Today on September 26th. I am Adam Azer. He is Heath Cummings. Hi, Heath Cummings. Hi. And he's Jamie Eisenberg. Hello, Jamie. Hello, Adam. It's like I'll be doing a lot of the talking today. I mean, you just said hello. Do you want us to Yeah, expand. How was your night? Uh, it was long. How was your night? I watched The Voice. I never watched The Voice. It was fun. It was- was that by your choice or yeah. your wife's? Yeah. yeah, we were just hanging out. Watched The Voice. Nice. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't ever watch The Voice either. I watched it for one season when my cousin's boyfriend was a contestant. I remember that. Mm-hmm. But actually what we did was we turned around and we looked at the wall while they were performing. And then we turned around if we liked them. Not- <laughs> I mean, your dad jokes are getting worse and worse. <laughs> hey, I made a big mistake on yesterday's show. I have to correct it. But we will uh, recap the waiver wire a little bit. We'll do a buy low, sell high segment, of course. A lot of that. Buy low, heck no, sell high, no thanks, guy. We still haven't found a better name. Uh, I asked them at about the hour mark of yesterday's show, who would you rather have rest of season, James Conner or Le'Veon Bell? If you missed that, I am asking it again. And we are, of course, previewing a Thursday night game that I'm really excited for. But I got to correct something. Yesterday I gave the wrong URL for Honey, and I apologize. So this is still a great way to save money to get coupons when you do your online shopping. I said it was honey.com slash FFT. It is not. It is joinhoney.com slash FFT. Joinhoney.com slash FFT. If you go to honey.com slash FFT, you get the National Honey Board, and I don't think anybody wants that. So uh, add Honey to your browser. It is free. It takes just two clicks to install. It will save you tons of money. You can get it for free at joinhoney.com slash FFT. That is two words, joinhoney.com slash FFT, and start saving with Honey today at joinhoney.com slash FFT. So I know somebody tried to install this and said you gave me the wrong URL, and I apologize. Let's recap the waiver wire just a little bit because it was a week where maybe you had to make some tough drops. Guys, you didn't really want to drop. Uh, did that happen for you guys? Did you have to kind of bite the bullet and say, all right, I got to let this guy go? There was no one really like that for me, I don't believe. Um, I I wanted to hold on to Chris Hogan for one more week just in case Josh Gordon didn't play, and that was probably the one. But it, I think I picked up Mike Williams, so it wasn't like a – Oh no. Yeah. Scenario. Right. And I, I, dropped I saw you Hogan. dropped Andrew Luck in a couple leagues. That was surprising. Or a couple league. leagues. I dropped him in one league. Yeah. I dropped, I mean, to sit here in week four and say I dropped Andrew Luck for Andy Dalton is crazy, you know, just thinking about preseason, but I had to do it. I can't, I'm starting Dal- Dalton over Luck this week. I got Cam on a bye. And that's the other thing. I have Cam. So I guess I felt okay letting Luck go. You got to do what you got to do. You got to win some games. Uh, and then for us, Heath, I think we dropped, we dropped Rex Burkhead in our, in our shared league for OJ Howard. We have Jordan Reed on a bye and ha- ha- tight ends is terrible. So we had to do it. We had to drop Burkhead. Yeah. I, I still think I probably would have preferred to drop Mac, but I wasn't like, I don't feel good about dropping either of them. It's a 10 team league. So it's a little bit different. A large majority of my leagues, I didn't get anyone on waivers this week and several of them. It was because. 
I have teams where T.Y. Hilton's my number three receiver. And I, I, it's hard for me to go drop a backup running back so that I can pick up Mike Williams. So how are we feeling about if we went, you know, zero RB? Because right now, I think the theme, when you look at waiver wire every Tuesday night, it's not that hard to find wide receivers. It's really hard to find running backs. It's not that hard to find quarterbacks. It's impossible to find tight ends. Uh, if you were doing it over again, is zero RB a good strategy? I mean, it depends on which running backs you got. Yeah, it, it, it's all contingent on on that. And it's also, look, the I guess for the most part, right, I, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, the first-round receivers have been good, right? Yeah. There hasn't, there, yes. there, has, there hasn't been, like, a terrible one. I mean, you've had some bad Julio Jones. You've had well, some I mean, bad, technically there were only two first-round wide receivers well, this I mean, year. First, right? first, <laughs> first two-round guys. I mean, yeah. they, they've all been They've all been good. Pretty exceptional, except except for maybe Hilton. Hilton, yeah. Um, but but, but he was going to third. Uh, he caught, yeah. he caught a touchdown in weeks one and two. But he had, I, I, okay, he's been fine. Yeah, he's um, been fine. I, I think it comes down to, yeah, it's, it's that, it's that running back group. We had an interesting conversation on FFT yesterday. Um, we did a segment about, um, trades and Dave was talking about buying low on Amari Cooper and Allen Robinson. And I said to him, like, unless you're trading as part of a package, you're never going to, at least right now, you're not going to give up running back value for those receivers. Never. And, and I think that's, that's kind of the problem right now. If like, if you invested in some of these receivers in that round three to five range, um, Demarius Robinson, uh, Cooper, um, I don't know who I'm Fitzgerald, who, but who I'm overlooking Fitzgerald. Yeah. That's been uh, a rough range of, of wide receiver for sure. R- right. Uh, like I don't, I don't, I can't imagine that someone is going to say, okay, I will give you Philip Lindsay for uh, Amari Cooper at this point. When you could just go to your waiver wire and find Tyler Boyd, who probably does not finish better than Amari Cooper, but probably does not finish dramatically behind him. I do think this is shaped a little bit by this week's waiver wire. because. Uh, but it's been three the, weeks of this, though. Well, we had the Gio Bernard week. He was available in 60% of leagues. Philip Lindsay is somebody, Austin Eckler is somebody, the guys that were available in more than half of leagues the first two weeks of the year. This week, there were just no running backs. Right, but uh, and if you look, even try to project it out, though, like Ronald Jones is available, so maybe they make that switch. And there are going to be some people that drop Rashad Penny and um, Chubb, Chubb uh, C.J. Anderson if something happens to McCaffrey. But for the most part, though, it's th- there's not someone that – is is I I just don't see some scenario right now. I mean, look, Spencer Ware could become viable, yep. Malcolm Brown could become viable. There's always that situation, but just without without an injury. I you know who I think it is. I think it could be. Well, I've been saying this since preseason, but I think it could be Marlon Mack. I think he's got a chance. You think he's getting dropped? Oh yes, I think he's could. Well, he's available in some leagues. I think he could be. Yeah, picked I, I, up I and, guess if we're if we're if we're expanding it to ten team leagues, there there is a little bit of a a, a pool available to. But you're right. To, I mean, and that's the thing. Them. And I, I feel like we talk about this every year. It's like overpaying for running back. And if we think the passing numbers are, I haven't really looked, but I'm sure they're kind of crazy, out of whack right now. You know, like guys are throwing a lot and throwing for a ton of yards. It's just been a very prolific year offensively. And one of the reasons why you go zero RB is because maybe you don't know 
who's going to be, who the good running backs are going to be at the beginning of the year. But after a few weeks, you get some clarity. Um, and so, I don't know, if you've established who you like at running back, uh, overpay, you know, maybe give up. Somebody said, oh, it was like Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks for Dalvin Cook. We'd all do that. Would you give up Brandon Cooks for Dalvin Cook? Yes. On most teams. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do think. Overpay because well, you can, you can fill in the gap on, at wide receiver. You can't do it at running back. It just depends on, like, I've, I think it depends on what you've got on your roster because, like, I have teams, I was just looking at one of the zero running back teams I drafted and I ended up with Carlos Hyde, Isaiah Crowell, Sony Michelle, Dion Lewis. I feel pretty good about that core. If you have great wide receivers, yeah. You could get by. But if that. you could, if you, and that's a T.Y. Hilton team? Or is he a third That's character? with Antonio Brown, Tyreek Hill, and T.Y. Hilton. And you do not have a fourth receiver, or you do? I've got Quincy Numa. Okay, so if you could turn T.Y. Hilton into Dalvin Cook, would you do that? I think I probably would on that team, yeah. Yeah. So th- there, see, that's the type of trade for a team like this that you, you should make. But, I, again, I don't think anybody's going to give you value for the guys that are not playing well right now. Like, Hilton's in a good spot because he's, I would hope, still has a higher ceiling to get to. It's more along the lines of, you're you're not giving up like what what do you think it would take right now to get Demarius Thomas from a running back trade? Rex Burkhead. I don't, I even, I don't even want that, Demarius Thomas. But but that, that okay Cooper or or Robinson. Yeah, that's a know? good yeah. So but I, why would you trade a running back? Like if anything, so I know quarterback is really deep. I get that, but there's probably a team or two in your league that really needs a quarterback. Lost Garoppolo, you know, a lot of owners okay, have well, two I'll, quarterbacks. I'll give you an example. In, our, in, in our podcast league, uh, I was offered, uh, I'm not going to do it, but I was offered uh, Mike Williams for Le'Veon Bell. And I, I know what the owner's trying to do, you know, take advantage of my, my receivers are not that good, but it's, it's not something that I'm going to trade because the next week, it's Christian Kirk. You know what I mean? It's Cortland Sutton. It's somebody that's going to find some value at that position that you just sort of pivot week to week to week. Um, whereas the, the, the running backs, you just almost have to, in, in, in the bad ones, ride it out, you know, in the injury situations with Mixon and Cook and these other guys and, and the ones that aren't playing very well. Like, you know, it, it's hard to say Royce Freeman's trustworthy or, uh, Jamal Williams now is trustworthy. You know, you just have to sort of ride out those situations where the receivers, you can sort of move on to right. other guys. The problem is you can't drop the ones that aren't playing well. Uh, well, let's talk buy low, sell high. So kick it off. Heath, give me a buy low candidate. Of all those receivers that Jamie was talking about from the show, I, there is one that I do think is a buy low and it's Allen Robinson. I do think it, Allen Robinson, if his perception is anywhere close, right? Perceived value is anywhere close to the Demarius Thomas, Amari Cooper group. He's the one I feel more confident in. If I could trade my number four or five running back to a team that had Robinson and wasn't really using him, I'd be happy to do that. I'm so discouraged by Mitchell Trubisky. Um, he's frustrating, man. He's I, I just think, good. and this is not, Jared Goff kind of threw off the perception of what a new offense means for a young quarterback. It used to be conventional wisdom that it was bad for young quarterbacks to change offensive coordinators. We saw it with Matt Ryan. We saw it with Alex Smith a long, long time ago. He had like three offensive coordinators in his first three years and was just awful. And I think there's a chance there's just an adjustment period for Trubisky. We see it with the Bears. They are very good on the first drive of the game, the plays they've been practicing all week. They get into the in-game decision-making, and they're struggling a little bit. Uh, that's a good point. Yep. Yeah. All right, Robinson uh, for Heath. Jamie, by low. I'll give you two on the same team. 
Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Uh, yeah, uh, Gronk was my guy. I mean, I, I don't know that any fantasy analyst or anybody who's a fantasy veteran is, is panicking on Gronk, but there will be people out there who are. And it's really just a matter of tight end being really bad this year. Olsen's out. Oh, I, meant, I forgot to mention, Jamie picked up Greg Olsen in a league. I also put a claim in for him in that league. Olsen's 61% owned. He's making good progress. It might be a guy that you want to stash. but I, I also was the one who drafted him and dropped him. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Olsen's out, Walker's out, Ingram's hurt, Burton's been pretty bad, George Kittle might be useless now. I, if you can, if you can buy low on Gronk. So, so what, the Gronk. way you have to approach trading for Gronk is you have to have, like, Kyle Rudolph, or Eric Ebron, or, I, I mean, you can't, can't consider Kittle at this point, but, you know, some, some tight end who's playing well that's in a tier below him, or in, in some cases a couple tiers below him, and package that tight end with another player. So, like, if, if, you know, you have one of these young receivers that are playing over their head and somebody doesn't have good receivers or you want to take a chance on giving up if you have running back depth. You know, you're not going to get one for one with Gronk unless you're giving him a star. I think the interesting question is if you have Kelsey or Ertz, A, would you trade either of those guys for Gronk? And because I think any a lot of Gronk owners would take it. Oh, I'm sure the Gronk owners would. No, I don't think you should because if this is the, the fall off year right. for, for this offense, you know, Kelsey's just – you know, been amazing. And Ertz, we haven't seen the best of him yet because you're just getting Wentz back. Uh, what Chris Gronkowski, Rob's brother, said is that I can just tell by his emotions, his facial features, that he's super frustrated with it. You can see at the end of the game how they ended the game, double covering him, pressing him off the line. He just wants to get the ball in his hands and make plays, but you just can't do it with no one else when no one else is getting open. And he also yeah, said, I mean the, the best the best yeah. of that passing game is still to come. Right. I mean, if he far. said that they're double teaming Gronk, nobody else is winning. Well, they're about to get Edelman back. They're about to get Josh Gordon back. It's going to help. Uh, oh, I, I I I think there should be a bet between the two of you. What rest of season? Who's better, including what Larry Fitzgerald has done, Julian Edelman or Larry Fitzgerald? Uh, I mean, it's I think it's going to be oh, including what he's done. Yes. I mean, I, I'm still pretty <laughs> I'm I'm pretty confident in Edelman in that one. I'd still take Fitz. Um, wow! Like, what about wow. not including what what Fitz has done? I mean, he hasn't done anything. So you should you should just throw it in as a bonus. <laughs> yeah, it's not much. Um, all right, and then I want to give a deep league or uh, I don't know a deep league. He's eighty six percent owned, and I do think he could be droppable. But Corey Davis, nobody's excited about him. But the circumstances haven't been very good for him. Um, Mariota's been hurt. He's faced Miami, who we expect to be good against wide receivers. He's faced Houston, and he's faced Jacksonville. I just think he's going to completely dominate targets on that team. Nobody wants Corey Davis right now. Does he have? He was, he was dropped in several leagues that I'm in. Yeah, and I'm not saying you have to rush to pick him up, but if you're in a league where a guy like Corey Davis needs to be owned, like a 14-team league, I, I feel like he could be surprisingly useful, kind of like a Devin Funchess light. Totally agree. You know, get the tackles healthy, get him feeling back in Mariota's fingers. Um, if that happens, that's the, that's the concern for me is it's not really Corey Davis at this point. It's the circumstances around Corey Davis. All right. Let's go to sell high candidates. Heath, give me a sell high. Well, I think we, we both want to say the same guy. I'll let Jamie have him. I'll say the other old running back, Marshawn Lynch. I don't like, it's kind of the same premise and I, you don't know who Jamie's going to say yet. But I don't know how confident I feel in Lynch's at his age ability to hold up over the full season. And his production has been kind of saved by touchdowns. I don't know that you can count on that on a week-to-week basis. Right now, he's the number 12 running back in non-PPR leagues. 
if I, this is a guy that is probably the fourth running back on your team. If you can trade him for, package him as part of a deal to get a good elite wide receiver, I'd do it. He's actually 14th in PPR, Marshawn Lynch, which surprised me. He's not, he hasn't been totally useless in the passing game. Seven. No, he's catches. got seven passes, yeah. It's not great, but it's not nothing. Uh, alright, so Marshawn Lynch for Heath. Jamie? I guess the free space is Adrian Peterson. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you're probably going to get an, another good game coming into week five because they'll be rested, but he's already in a walking boot. And look, it, it we saw it last year. It, he, he couldn't make it through the season. Now circumstances are, are completely different because he was traded from one team to the next and had to learn new offense, all those things. But, um, the, these guys just break down and I, I'm, I'm, I'm look. I, I'm I'm hopeful that he can still be productive over 16 games. But you know, if I had to bet, I'd bet against it. So while his value is you know two of, of three amazing games, you you should try and see if you could flip him, especially since you don't need him this week. Adrian Peterson. All right, uh, that will do it for now for buy low and sell high. But you better believe we had a lot more coming up. I got a tweet this morning, and it's so funny. It's from Mike. He says, I know you've said it close to a million times, but how do I get the SeatGeek promo code? I do find it funny that people don't remember. That is totally fine. Please feel free to tweet me at Adam Azer at any time. I will give you the SeatGeek promo code, or you can email fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. And here it is, everybody. Tough to remember. It's FFT. So buy some tickets on SeatGeek, whether it's a concert, a comedy show, a theater show, or a sports show. Uh, get yourself to a live event and use SeatGeek to do it. I do it all the time. I use SeatGeek. In fact, I'm trying to get my friend tickets to uh, the Miami-Florida State game in a couple weeks. I've already got my tickets on SeatGeek, and I told him, look, I, got the, the, I see these seats on SeatGeek. This is a great deal. Go use it. Use the code FFT and get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. That's for everybody out there. And every purchase is fully guaranteed. So download the SeatGeek app, search for an event, get the best results, get the best prices, and use the promo code FFT for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Who would you rather have rest of season, guys? James Connor or Le'Veon Bell? Connor. Connor. At this point, it what do you expect too. from Le'Veon Bell? I'm getting more pessimistic every second. At this point, I hope they trade him. Yeah, that'd be nice. What, where, what's the market for him? What's the value for fantasy owners? What would you look for if you had Bell? And what would you do? I'm not trading anything that I'm using right now for Le'Veon Bell. So I offered the James Conner owner in the one league where I have Bell and I don't have Conner. I offered him Bell for Carlos Hyde. In non-PPR. I'm sorry, in PPR. So I'm just trying to get somebody that can do something for my roster, and I understand yep. if he wouldn't do it. Oh, yeah, I'd take Hyde in a heartbeat. So, wow. um, and I made a stupid trade in another league, which I, I'll regret, idiot moron trade. Um, I traded uh, Mark Ingram and Will Fuller, this was two weeks ago, for Bell and Michael Crabtree, with the hope that by the time Ingram was back, including their bye week, that Ingram would have, that, um, Sorry, by the time Ingram is back, including their bye week, that Bell would report by then based on the reports of him coming at the end of the month, and that's not going to happen. So I regret that trade. I just wonder, like, I think it's within the realm of possibility, and this wasn't something that I was factoring in because we don't have any answer as to what's going to happen. But I hadn't really considered until last week the possibility that Le'Veon Bell is just not helping your team this year. He may not play. I think that, like, I think it's possible he comes back week 10 
and James Connors got 900 yards rushing, and they just use Bell in a limited fashion. He's not or, or don't play him at all. Yeah. Or they, it will, I think, what would be worse is if they give both of them work, and you know, you, you'd have two like flex running backs. But well, I mean, look, as as the Bell owner, you would take anything. You would take anything, yeah. yeah. But I mean, for Connor, I if he's if he holds out for even eight weeks or something. I don't think it would be right to just throw him back in there and and not give James Conner any work, you know, assuming Conner's healthy. The, the one thing I will say that if your team is 3-0 and right now and you have a bunch of parts, see if you can get Bell cheap. Yeah. Just right. in case he right. does come back week 10 and is the guy we all know he can be. Because yeah. Because that's a league winner. Or if he gets traded to another team. Or great. if he gets traded to another team. So if you could get him for nothing, you should absolutely try and do so. Let's do the now, news the, and notes. the trades I referenced uh, in our podcast league, I have Connor, so I'm just going to wait it out. All right, let's do the news and notes. Uh, Minnesota defensive end Everson Griffin having a mental health evaluation. Really good player. Hope everything's okay there with him. They've got the Thursday night game. Going to be a lot of injuries. Going to be some injuries on defense in that Thursday night game. Might be high scoring. Hopefully fun. Uh, Rams, or Saints cornerback Patrick Robinson is on IR with an ankle injury. They're at the Giants this week. And Heath picked up Eli Manning in the league. That must have... Just crushed him. Uh, Darren Sproles could play this week. Darren Sproles, I think I picked him up in one PPR league. Do you think he could be a useful starter this week, Sproles? I doubt he'd be a useful. I mean, he could be a useful flex in a PPR league that starts three wide receivers, I guess. Yeah, I think exactly what I picked him up in if I got him. Is he playing? Could. I, I, they seemed to be optimistic yesterday about Sproles. Uh, so, anyway. Yeah, that actually... Okay, Doug Peterson expects Jay Ajayi and Darren Sproles to practice this week. That's what I'm seeing right now. Um, anyway, Chris Conti for the Ray, uh, for the Bucks. Why can't I get anybody's team right today? He's the safety. He's on IR with a knee injury. Uh, also just ashamed of getting stiff armed by Vance McDonald. That was him, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Houston wide receiver Bruce Ellington is on IR with a hamstring injury. Sean Lee will not play this week. Carry on. My wayward son. And do you expect the following players? Leonard Fournette at the Jets. Uh, yes. LaShawn McCoy at Green Bay. No. No. Dalvin Cook on Thursday. No. Joe Mixon at Atlanta. No. No. Devontae Freeman in that game. No. No. Jack Doyle against Houston. No. Marlon Mack against Houston. Who knows? Jay Ajayi at Tennessee. <clears throat> you just said so. Uh, yeah, good pause. Good, good chance. I, that would, that would be nice for me. Uh, Darren Sproul, same thing. Alshon Jeffrey, probably not, right? No. Josh Gordon against Miami. I'll say yes, but who knows? Matt Breida at the Chargers. Same. Rex Burkhead against Miami. Nope. They just signed, uh, re-signed Kenyon Barner. So you know the, the rules, typically what happens. Mm-hmm. Bring up a guy from the practice squad or sign somebody else. You're probably looking at an injury absence. All right, we can preview the game in just a little bit. Let me ask you about a few players and tell me if you think they could be great rest of the season. Just can they be great? We were hoping when we drafted them that they had a chance to be great for us. Can they be great? Alex Collins, can he be great rest of the season? Yeah, he can be great. Absolutely. Okay, now how do you feel about this? His next seven matchups, only one team looks Bad against running backs right now. Uh, it's a, a little deceiving. It doesn't look like a great upcoming schedule for Collins. At Pittsburgh, they're sixth against running backs. At Cleveland, they're 27th. At Tennessee, 
They're fifth against running backs, but they are pretty bad on a per carry basis. New Orleans, been great against running backs. At Carolina, should probably get better against running backs. And then Pittsburgh again, sixth against running backs. And then a bye. So do you look at the schedule and get a little nervous about Collins? It's obviously not the most encouraging situation, but like Pittsburgh's a little deceiving. Yeah, they're not good. They're not good? They, they've been pretty good against the run. Well, I mean, look who they face, though. Yep. Okay. They've given up 4.6 yards per carry. They faced the Chiefs in no. a game where the Chiefs just didn't run. They, they have? faced Peyton Barber, and they faced the Browns in the weather game. They've given up 4.6 yards per carry? Uh, no, they've given up 3.6 to running backs. So I think Tyrod Taylor was responsible for that. Um, yeah, Taylor had 77 yards rushing in the game. I, 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 I agree with Heath. I don't think that they've been tested yet. So, like, I, I wouldn't completely run away from Alex Collins this week. <laughs> Kareem Hunt's um, not tested? Well, they didn't run the ball very much. 18 carries for 75 yards, 4.17 yards per carry. And I mean, if you tell me Alex touchdown. Collins is getting 18 for 71, that'd be a season high for him. So. 75. Uh, alright, Kenyon Drake. Can Kenyon Drake be great? Yes, he's a good by looking at it. Very good by looking at it. Who do you like better, Drake or Collins? Uh, I think I'll go Collins. Can Jay Ajayi be great? Yes. If you can stay healthy. Get healthy, then stay healthy. <laughs> uh, yeah, he also actually looks like he has a pretty tough schedule going forward. Hopefully at Tennessee this week, maybe he can take advantage of that. But then Minnesota. See, Tennessee, I think, is good. I'm not sure. They're, they're giving up like 4.8 yards per carry to running backs. But... They are not giving up a lot of fantasy points to running backs. 4.7 yards per carry to running backs. Tennessee, Minnesota, at the Giants, not bad. Carolina, at Jacksonville, and then a bye, and then Dallas. And then at New Orleans, and then Giants. Like It's actually a really tough schedule for a Giant. Just not sure it matters with that offensive line and if he's going to score touchdowns. Well, that offensive line's going to be better first. Yeah, and, and just keep in mind, when you're projecting that far out with the schedule, as we see with Dallas, it takes one injury to key player. Yeah. Okay. And so just, just look at like the next, I'm not saying you in particular, but like if you're, if you're judging something for the rest of the season, look three games ahead. Uh, how, do, how would you rank Collins, Drake, Ajayi rest of season? Collins, Drake, Ajayi. Drake, Collins, Ajayi. And Josh Gordon. Can Josh Gordon be great this year? Yes. No player has a wider range of outcomes than Josh Gordon. <laughs> What do you expect? It's impossible to expect anything. I mean, he he may not get on the field for three weeks. It's or so he may catch eight balls for 150 yards and three touchdowns this week. It's so true. You're right. Tough one to evaluate. Um, would you rather have Amari Cooper or Josh Gordon? I mean, just comparing the two guys, I'd rather have Cooper. But I, I, I think if I didn't have a need to play either one right away, I'd rather have Gordon. Yes. Gordon's a better stash. Cooper is going to score more in the near future probably i wanted to say this about uh, amari cooper he's faced the broncos rams and dolphins right pretty tough schedule to start the season for him uh julian edelman do you think julian edelman can be great coming back from the acl yes he could be i don't think he can be in, P- in non-ppr well no he never has been yeah he pretty much never has been uh although Three years ago, 2015, he was on pace to be a top 10 wide receiver in both formats. But he was also on pace for 12 touchdowns, which would be pretty surprising. Uh, who would you rather have rest of the season, Josh Gordon or Julian Edelman? Edelman PPR. For sure. 
All right, let's uh, let's talk about FanDuel, everybody. You want a chance to win $500, go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. You can win, uh, you don't have to necessarily win first place, but a lot of people are getting paid in our weekly contest, FanDuel.com slash FFT. So this is an opportunity to compete against us and uh, to compete against other listeners and to uh, win a little money, and it's only a $5 entry fee, and it's really, really fun. Like, you love fantasy football, so why not play more fantasy football, and why not do it? on FanDuel.com, and there are just so many different types of contests. Heath, what are some of the types of contests that you like uh, on FanDuel? I mostly play tournaments, but the head-to-heads, 50-50s, are also, they're a little safer. You're not going to win big money, sure, but you also have a chance to just double your money, and it's much higher odds of winning. Right. I do that every week. I play a $5 50-50. All you got to do is finish in the top 50%, and you will double your money. Um so I, I'm very excited to play FanDuel every week, and I think you all will be too. And we want you to compete against us at FanDuel.com slash FFT. And one more little added bonus. New users get a $20 bonus when you make your first deposit on FanDuel.com slash FFT. $20 bonus at FanDuel.com slash FFT. All right. I did want to get to the game. There's something a little bit more important that we have to get to first. Let's regulate part one. Got more coming up later in the show, but it's time for the regulators. This is from Tim in the Lou, who says, it's all about the you. And that's how you get on the show, Tim. Dear Eli, Ahmad, Hakeem, and Victor. Wait, this guy was just kissing up to me. Uh, those are Giants receivers. All right, here we go. In the chat room of my fantasy league, I posted asking if anyone had any interest in Ryan Fitzpatrick. One owner pointed out that what Fitzmagic is doing is unsustainable. While obviously true, I thought pointing it out was a jerk move and an attempt to sabotage my trade attempt. He, on the other hand, thinks it's okay, and I should have expected it because it's a competition. What do you guys think? Yes, it's perfectly fine. Stop whining. Okay. You don't have to tell him to stop whining. If he wants to wind us, he can wind us. That's what we're here for, Heath. Don't whine. Yeah, it's just that's part of fantasy football. That's friendly trash talk. I'm fine with it. Uh let it go, Tim, but it is all about the you. Alright, that is your fantasy regulator segment. More coming up later. There you go. Had to sing. But what let Thursday night. Thursday night football, can, Minnesota. Can you, can you do me a favor rim. next time you're gonna sing? What? Can you just earmuffs? say to the audience earmuffs? Earmuffs. <laughs> Let's talk about this game. Who's going to win? The Rams. Right? What's the spread? Seven. Yeah. I can't see the Rams losing. Stat of the game. I think I heard something. They covered like eight straight games or something like that. They're quite good. No wide receiver has more than 64 yards against the Rams. Against the Vikings, pardon me. No wide receiver has more than 64 yards against the Vikings. How many get that this year? How many get uh, more than 64 yards in this game against the Vikings? Two. And they will be? Uh, Woods and Cooks. All right, we'll start with the Rams. Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins. Who do you prefer? Goff. Uh, Goff. How much do you like Jared Goff this week? He's a low-end starter. There's a streamer or two, or at least one. I'm starting a Dalton over him. I think that's the only streamer. Yes, I agree. Would you start Goff or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Goff. Fitzpatrick. All right, yeah, look, uh, Minnesota's got uh, some injuries on defense, um, and Goff has two straight games with 354 passing yards. 
but still a very good defense. Um, and he doesn't throw the ball a ton. He is the number nine quarterback in fantasy golf with the 18th most pass attempts. That was what he was last year too, essentially. Eh, interesting. So he's pretty good. Uh, all right. So we're going to start Todd Gurley. Is Todd Gurley, well, if you're playing a Thursday through Sunday FanDuel lineup, I'm assuming Gurley is the most expensive. Is he worth that? You think he has a big game against the Vikings or do you think he just has a, you know, good game? I don't think he'll be as good as Alvin Kamara. Um, I think in non-PPR he'll be better than Kamara. Alrighty. Neither of the DFS sites are non-PPR. They're half, half PPR, right? Yes. One's half, one's full. Right, that's true. Uh, okay, so Gurley, yeah, he should be fine. So, um, Cook, is Cook's the number one Rams receiver for you this week? Yes. Yes. And Cups or, Cup or Woods? Woods. Woods. So let's talk like flexes against these guys. Let's talk about some running backs. Um, how about David Johnson or Robert Woods? David Johnson. Woods and PPR. Definitely Woods and PPR. I'll start Johnson and none. The Jets are facing the Jaguars. Would you start any Jets running backs over a Rams wide receiver? No. No. All right, let me do one more then. Sony Michelle or a Rams wide receiver? All three Rams wide receivers. I'll take Michelle over Cup in non-PPR. Let's with com- Burkhead not playing. Compared to some wide receivers then, would you take Robert Woods or Quincy Anunua? I gotta go Woods there. Woods. With the Woods. matchup. All right, Robert Woods or Kenny Galladay? Galladay. Woods. Robert Woods or Cooper Cup? Cooper Cup or Sammy Watkins? Watkins. Watkins in non-PPR. I may go Cup in PPR. All right, let's go over to the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, the last question about the Rams. Is there any Rams tight end that interests you? The Vikings have struggled. They have allowed 90 yards or a touchdown to a tight end in all three games, Kittle Graham and Jason Kroom. I, if you were going to play a Rams tight end, it would be Tyler Higby. But what we've seen, and, and I love this from the Rams, it's made it possible for Cup, Woods, and Cooks to be as good as they are. They've thrown the ball eight times all year to their two tight ends combined. Both of them have four targets on this season. <laughs> wow. Okay, great. Uh, so let's go to the Vikings now. Kirk Cousins. How do we feel about him this week? I uh, don't love him, but with Tlaib out and potentially Marcus Peters out, I wouldn't necessarily run away from him. Yeah, the problem is that there are three very good streaming options this week, and so I, I'm not intentionally benching Kirk Cousins this week, but... I'd rather start Dalton. I'd rather start Eli. I'd rather start Tannehill. It's a tough one to evaluate, I think, because if Tlaib and and Peters were playing, and you got to assume Peters is not going to play. He hasn't been ruled out yet. Uh, if they were playing, then I think you can get away from Cousins. The Rams allow the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks so far. But without their starting corners, it's interesting. Plus, we figure he's probably going to be chasing points, right? Yes. So I, just, I don't know if they can keep – like they couldn't block the Bills front last week. I don't know how they're going to block the Rams. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good point. And all right, I'm sorry, you may have said this, but let's t- – okay, so you start Dalton over Cousins, right? For sure. Would you start Eli Manning over Cousins? Yes. I don't know if Jamie would. Uh, I don't have it ranked that way right now, but I probably should. Would you start 
Carson Wentz over Cousins? No. I have them back-to-back right now. I have Wentz one spot higher. What would you do about the Minnesota running backs? If Cook plays, I would play him. If Cook does not play, I would not play Murray. I I would consider playing Murray as a low-end number two or a flex. I don't think it'll be as bad as it was last week. Would Cook be ahead of, like, the Jets running backs or Sony Michelle, guys like that, if he plays? He would for me. Yes, not very much ahead of them. Okay. And then for the pass catchers, I mean, you got to start Kyle Rudolph. Although Heath has him 10th in non-PPR, 11th in PPR. Dave and Jamie have him top six, Kyle Rudolph. I I can't imagine you're getting away from Rudolph. Uh, Diggs and Thielen, everybody's starting them, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Heath, give me one or two tight ends that you would start over Rudolph that Jamie and Dave wouldn't. Uh, Tyler Eifert. Oh. And I assume uh, Jared Cook. Okay. You also have O.J. Howard, Eric Ebron. And Ebron is pretty high up there in the rankings as well. Uh, Jamie does have Rudolph ahead of Ebron. All righty. That's pretty much it. Oh, the DSTs. How do we feel about the DSTs? Sorry about that. These are two high-end DSTs. Are we looking at the Seahawks or the Packers or or uh, the Chargers maybe ahead of them? I think you yes. could – like I would rank them ahead of them, but practically speaking – actually, I don't. The Rams. Um Practically speaking, I am not dropping the Vikings defense, and I'm not dropping someone else on my team to create a spot for a second defense, so I'm sticking with both of them. All right. And we're moving on with a quick round of emails. This one's from Kirk. Kirk wants to know, do you start Goff on Thursday versus the Vikings or Luck against Houston? Six point per passing touchdown leagues. Luck. Luck. Uh, Brian, or Ryan in Indiana says Baltimore is currently number six in points to the tight end position, but those points are split between Max Williams, Mark Andrews, and Nick Boyle. When Hayden Hurst gets healthy, will he get the majority of their tar- of their ten tar- uh, tight end targets per game? Not his first week back, but I think eventually, yes. That's why Heath liked Hayden Hurst in the preseason so much. Called him a sleeper or a breakout, I don't remember, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, desperate for a tight end. Hayden Hurst might not be... Check his ownership percentage. Might not be the worst guy to pick up. This is for Nick. Who do you like rest of season? Julio Jones or Juju Smith-Schuster? Still Julio. It's still Julio, but Juju right now is a top six wide receiver, top eight wide receiver. Uh, so he's he's considering giving up Julio Jones and getting Juju and either Jared Cook or Trey Burton back. Would you do that? If you need a tight end, then yeah. I mean, any... They're close enough that any two for one should swing in your favor. Hayden Hurst, by the way, is nine percent owned. Woo. Pick pick him up from Jason. Dear Chris, Rashad, CJ, and Mike. Those are Seahawks running backs. Oh yeah, of course. Durr. I picked up Dallas Goddard as a Zach Ertz handcuff. That's interesting. We know Ertz has some injury history. And Trey Burton was a top 12 last year, 12, top 12 tight end last year when Ertz was out, which wasn't much, but, uh, the tight end waiver wire is horrible. Are there any other non-running back handcuffs you would recommend? Not a guy like Calvin Ridley, he says. It's an interesting question. That's not a terrible idea in a deeper league. I think Goddard would probably be a must add if Ertz got hurt. Non-running back handcuff? Yeah, non-running back handcuff. Um, I mean, if you can, as an AJ Green owner, get Tyler Boyd. That's probably a good move. For sure. I think you know Mike Williams, 
Sterling Shepard, I guess. Um, yeah, anything else? I would really on? like to get Juju Smith-Schuster as the uh, Antonio Brown owner. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather get the Brown as the to handcuff Juju? <laughs> <laughs> Is there a Saints wide receiver? Or just that would be... I mean, it's probably Cameron Meredith, really. I, he, he won't do anything close to what Thomas does, but if Thomas goes out, Meredith's going to be a starter, I think. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's Traquan Smith. All right, and then uh, this is from A Man Has No Name. Can we please get Game of Thrones back already? Dear Lars, James, Jason, and Kirk. You hear Lars, it's Metallica. Just Metallica. Who is the Rams' backup running back, John Kelly or Malcolm Brown? Has to be Malcolm Brown. Yep. Yeah, John Kelly's been inactive. Uh, from Joseph, what do I do with Dion Lewis? Is he droppable? Or what's the best trade you could think you could get for Dion Lewis? What do I do with Dion Lewis? Be patient. I mean, in 10-team league, you could drop him if there's, like Chris Carson was available. Something like that. But 12-team leagues are larger, no. Just to what he said. Yeah, uh, it's surprising that he only has nine catches in three games. He had five for 35 in week one. So it looked like Things are going to go great for Deion Lewis. Um, depends, I guess. Like the fact that they're two and one is really surprising. Well, he, I mean, he, right now he has one quarterback who can't feel one of his his right his throwing arm. Right, and the other one's Blaine Gabbert. Right. It, it's like it may if, not be. They signed a quarterback yesterday, right? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure they did. And uh, it's not like we expected them to, to win their last two games against Houston and at Jacksonville. So I thought I. I feel like he's going to be better than Derrick Henry this year, guys. Uh, I mean, he could be. It, it's funny, though, because if you were to say Henry's getting 18 carries a week, you'd sign up for that all day. Well, he blew that 14-carry thing out of the water, didn't he? He really did. Uh, they signed Austin Davis yesterday, the Titans. So that's probably a bad sign for Gabbert. Well, Blaine Gabbert um, may not play this week, but he has an opportunity to get himself some some outstanding menswear at TommyJohn.com slash FFT. You're hearing a lot about Tommy John on this podcast. We are very, very excited about this sponsor. Um, I've got Tommy John shirt and Tommy John boxers. Incredibly comfortable. Just outstanding. Fit me perfectly. They are very excited about their women's line, which has really grown and increased. It's gotten uh, a lot better, and I know the women are very excited about it. TommyJohn.com slash FFT. But also their dress shirts. Their Stay Tuck dress shirts, the first of its kind. They've got the Invisigrip snap technology. You will not have to deal with any bunching or any billowing. Just upgrade today with Tommy John. There is no adjustment needed. What you're going to do is go to TommyJohn.com slash FFT. Get 20% off your first order. That's saving 20%. TommyJohn.com slash FFT. Also, shipping is free. Returns on all dress shirt purchases are free. An awesome website. I know you need some clothes out there, people. They've got all types of clothes, all types of styles. Everything's very, very comfortable, and you're going to really, really like it. TommyJohn.com slash FFT for 20% off, plus free shipping and free returns on all dress shirts. TommyJohn.com slash FFT. Back to the trade talk. Let's do some buy low or heck no. Would you buy low or heck no on Larry Fitzgerald? Yes, in PPR. Buy low. On Jimmy Graham. But I, I think Fitzgerald is, is along the lines of what we were talking about earlier. It's got to be some sort of package deal. You're not giving up running back value for Fitzgerald. Uh, yes, buy low on Jimmy Graham. Why? I still think there's touchdown potential here, plenty of it. And look, he's uh, 
He's still playing with, you know, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. I, I don't think he's done. He's a tight end with 15 targets in the last two weeks. That is true. He unfortunately has only one red zone target. That's tied for fourth on Green Bay, but there's only one pass catcher on the Packers with more than three red zone targets. That's Devontae Adams. I believe he has seven, which is great to see. Rodgers falls in love with guys in the red zone, and right now it's Devontae Adams. Um, would you rather have Graham or Kyle Rudolph rest of season? Rudolph. I think I'll still say Graham. Graham or Ebron? Graham. 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 Russell Wilson, buy low or heck no? Uh, buy low. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm out on this one. I, I mean, we could just sit here and say buy low for all these guys because they're underperforming, but like, if you're buying low, you're, you're hoping that they get back to the production you expected when you drafted them. And, I mean, I don't really expect that for Fitzgerald, because they're terrible. But um, there's a change, though. We've, yeah, we've not, we need to see his offense a, with Josh Rosen. I guess, but, yeah, I, I would like, yes, we my, do. My problem with Wilson is he's got seven rush attempts in three weeks for 21 yards. I know, yeah. He can't but, do it just as a passer. But his best receiver will hopefully be back soon. And so I think that changes a little bit of what it is for the offense. And I still think this is a defense that's, Improving, but still struggling. And he's going to have to start to take on a little bit of a heavier responsibility, which will include some running. He's gotten off to slow starts before Russell Wilson, but it's the lack of rushing that's really jumps out. And you wonder when it's going to happen. It might happen. I think it was Cam Newton at one point, uh, was not running. It might have been last year. And then he was like, it was last year when he said a lion has to be a lion. I'm ru- yeah, I'm running. Uh, Jamal Williams, buy low or heck no. I mean, he's a running back in a dominant offense. I, I, I'm probably going to say the same thing on all these guys. If you can get them cheap, it, it's worth the, the the attempt. But I certainly understand the uh, lack of wanting to give up some value in return. Like, I think Dave dropped in one of our leagues. I don't know which one it was, and I was surprised to see that. Are you going to pick him up, Jamal Williams? I, I, I don't. I, it may be one of our 10-team leagues. I'm not sure. Um, I'll have to go back through and look at it. So if that's the case, probably not. But a 12-team league, for sure. What about Aaron Jones? Who would you rather have, Jones or Williams? I'll say Jones. Jones seems to have the higher ceiling right now. I just, I just feel like we haven't seen the best of what this running attack could be from whoever it may be. And so, with Williams, is still going to play more. So I, I'm, I'm still inclined to say Williams. Sell high or no thanks, guy. Uh, I was going to say Adrian Peterson, but we already talked about that. How about Carlos Hyde? Sell high or no thanks, guy. It's hard to sell one of these running backs that's getting so much work in producing. Yeah. PPR, it's easier to get away from because he's been non-existent in the passing game. And so they've, you know, for as much as they've, you know, blown games, uh, the tie against the Steelers, the loss against the Saints, and they could be 3-0, and they've lived a little bit of a charmed life. You know, and so while this defense is better, at some point they're going to be chasing points. And will he be involved as much when that happens if he hasn't been productive in the early part of the game? I would sell him high for, like, Kareem Hunt. So like for a buy looking like but it's got to be a really high right so like David Johnson you'd make that switch yeah but you but would you sell Carlos Hyde for Amari Cooper or Larry Fitzgerald no way. no no way no, you can't no, right no. yeah no um buy or sell high or no thanks guy Tyreek Hill he has the thirty seventh most targets 
among wide receivers. He has one red zone target. He had four of them last year, and yet he is a top five wide receiver. Sell high or no thanks guy, Tyreek Hill? No thanks guy. I'd sell high for one of the elite running backs if I can make that happen. Would you sell Tyreek Hill for Leonard Fournette? Yes. In the right circumstances. Which would be like your team has wide receiver depth, you need a running back. Right. Yeah. And then T.Y. Hilton, sell high or no thanks guy? I don't think he's really a sell high. I think, I feel like I am evaluating him differently than you guys. Like he's the clear cut number one guy on Indianapolis. Which we knew before the season. And he's got two touchdowns in two games. Um, he's second on the, he's, he's got 32 targets. Second on the team is Ebron with 20. Like, I don't think he's spectacular because he's not making plays downfield like he used to, but he's, I think, still in line to have it, a big year. If I were to put him in one of these categories, it would be more by low than sell high. Really? He was an, yeah. a, a top eight or nine, ten receiver in ADP and he's number ten right now in fantasy points. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why that's why I didn't consider him a buy low. But if people you know, it's possible that I, perception I just think the is, perception of luck right. is driving down what the perception of T. Y. Hilton is because yes, he's scored in two straight games, but what's the yards been? Yeah, he's got uh, hundred seventy nine yards in three games. So he's averaging right. sixty yards a game. Uh Okay, that's a great point. So would you rather have T.Y. Hilton or Kenny Galladay? Hilton. Hilton. Like, Galladay is, is a sell-high candidate. Is he? Because he might be a breakout. I, I, I totally agree with you. But there also is an injury track record that he dealt with last year. And at some point, you're going to assume teams start to focus on him and take away or take him away, and then you see a little bit more production in the other direction. But, yeah, no – Anybody that's having these breakout moments, you put in the sell-high category. It's just a matter of you have to sell them for something great. Like, again, if you could turn Kenny Galladay into Leonard Fournette, the same scenario you just posed, you do that in a heartbeat. Look, that's that's obvious. But what if you're turning Kenny Galladay into Larry Fitzgerald? I would not do that. No, 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 no. But it's more along the lines of, like, can you find the Joe Mixon owner that that is desperate for receiver help and has running back depth that they're getting by with until Mixon comes back? Can you get uh, Dalvin Cook? For Kenny Galladay. And, and some of these have to be package deals. But I, I think if you could turn anybody that is uh was drafted or picked up off free agency that you weren't expecting to start, that has exceeded expectations, if you if you can flip them for something better, you flip them for something better that you think is going to happen down the road. Like Kareem Hunt's production is still in front of him. David Johnson's production. I know, but we're, we keep talking about these like round one, round two running backs. Like, Sure. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I do think that's a no, little but, obvious. No, uh, but okay. So if you have wide receiver depth and you can get Kenyon Drake for Kenny Galladay, that's a move there I you would go. consider. Now that that is yes. Okay. So would you consider it or would you do it? I if if I just picked up one of these receivers, Calvin Ridley, Mike Williams, any of these guys, and Galladay, and I had good receivers to start with, then then yes. It, yeah. It, I mean, all these are, are are case specific, but in a vacuum, if I could turn. A, a guy who was a third or fourth wide receiver coming into the season for me for a number two running back, or at least somebody that I think is a number two running back, then that's a move I would, yeah. I would try and That's do. a great call. And, and, you know, just saying like, I'd trade Kenny Galladay for Kareem Hunt, that is actually gonna happen in some leagues. Like for a lot of you owners out there, it might be very obvious, but for some of you, like that, those are the types of traits we see, we see them all the time. So. Like yeah. if, if I, yeah. if I have one of these guys, and it's not just Galladay, it, like Calvin Ridley, or I don't think Mike Williams, Tyler Boyd quite gets it done yet, but anybody that's like, 
in that really sort of range, maybe Chris Godwin, uh, certainly Deshaun Jackson. If you can go to the Mark Ingram owner right now who may or may not have a good team and looking to shake things up, do so now, you know, before he steps on the field. All right, guys. Um, you know, I think it's just it's been a little bit too long. It is time to regulate. Let's rock and roll. This one is from Nick. He says, TLDR. What the heck does that mean? Too yeah. long, didn't read. Oh, really? Is it, why did he write that? Um, because he's, he's summarizing for you at the top if you don't want to read the entire question. Oh, okay. Uh. Is it okay to make a trade that includes a one-week rental? Should I read the no. rest of it or too long, no. go read? It's not okay. No. Okay, you sure? 100%. So, uh, just so I, I think everybody understands, trading back and forth? Yeah. But he wants to trade somebody to cover somebody's bye week and then he gets them back the next week. Yeah. That's just not, yeah. And why is that not okay? It's just, it's been, it's been established. I agree. I agree that you cannot do I, that. I don't, I can't offer a good explanation for why it's not okay. It's sleazy because it would never ever happen in real sports. Because if it did, the rest of the league would pitch a fit. And it's just, it's just not the way that's, that fantasy is supposed to be played. Like you gotta compensate. I think leagues body. actually have rules against this. I know in the NBA, if you trade, make a trade between teams, yeah. you can't trade back to the same team for a certain period of 60 time. days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, and he also says, uh, Nick also says, PS, give, someone give Heath a hug. That would be nice. Okay. Well, Jamie's Jamie, come over to give me a hug. Jamie, really come nice. on, get up. Yes. Hug it out. <laughs> I will narrate. They look to be wearing very similar oh, yes. shirts today, yes. and they are hugging. They are now one person in a lightly colored shirt. Um, it was, it all right, was nice. the hug is over. We're thank regulating. You, thank, thank you. Who was that? That Dylan. was from thanks, Nick. Dylan. No, that was from Nick. This okay, is from Dylan. Man. Dylan wants us to regulate for him. He's from Dunkirk, New York. Um, he is the commish of his league. Right, jamming a little bit too loud here. Uh, our trade system has always been that a trade needs majority approval to pass. Heath, you can sit this one out if you want. The trade that was agreed upon between two people in an eight team, two quarterback plus super flex PPR league was Melvin Gordon for Bortles and Burkhead. Melvin Gordon for Bortles and Burkhead. Remember, two quarterbacks and a super flex PPR league. Uh, the guy getting Bortles is down to two starting quarterbacks. The majority of the league vetoed it. Do you think we were fair to veto it, even though it's clearly one-sided? Others in the league agree if Mixon, if it was Mixon and Bortles, that it would have been fine, but it was Burkhead and Bortles. So he gave up Melvin Gordon, he got Burkhead and Bortles in a two-quarterback, eight-team PPR league with a super flex. Uh, should that have been vetoed? If trades are vetoed, then yes, that should be vetoed. I'm not really sure I agree. I mean, if you can start three quarterbacks... Look, Burkhead ends up being a bust, but that was, you know, before we knew that. I guess, or before this week. If you could start three quarterbacks in a league, like, is Blake Bortles that much worse than Melvin Gordon? Yes. Vetoable I mean, worse? Yes. I mean, essentially what you're saying is that Blake Bortles should be, in, in, in an eight-team league, a first or second round pick. In a three-quarterback league. You, you would, you would draft Blake Bortles in a three-quarterback league in the first or second round? No, he doesn't have to be equivalent to Melvin Gordon. That's not well, that's not what makes a trade vetoable. He could be four rounds worse than Melvin Gordon. We wouldn't veto it. I, all quarterbacks are well, essentially means, started in this league. You're, you're, you're evaluating value. No, but four, it doesn't have to be an even trade for it to be not worth this, a veto. This isn't an even trade. In it's not an even trade. Point, in ahead, a four-point-per-passing touchdown league, Blake Bortles has scored 63 points this season. 
Melvin Gordon has scored 55. But they're always going to score more. That they they should not be vetoed. Start three quarterbacks should not be vetoed. No no trade should ever be vetoed. But even if even if you were open minded to vetoing trades, Heath, would you veto this trade? I would never veto a trade. I hate you, God. You can't like just have just someone give Heath another hug. All right, I say don't. I say that that was bad vetoing. Bad vetoing. This is Carlos from a big city. Just like all vetoing. Next to Glendale, California. Maybe that's Los Angeles. I don't know. He says, hey, Jimmy, John, Robert, and John. Jimmy, John, Robert, and John. I don't know if that's Led Zeppelin or quarterback. Jimmy, John, and his brother. From the sub? The subs? Okay. Here's the question. I'm the commission of a league where I had initially turned a, turned on a Three ad drop per week rule to encourage more trades. So you're only allowed to make three ad drops per week. We're a relatively easygoing, newbie, part-time fantasy football league. This this rule has not worked. I don't think our managers have time to evaluate and propose trades. I realized this after week two, and then I thought, I better change the rule to allow more ad drops because injuries are already piling up and someone's going to work on their lineup Sunday morning and then get stuck. But then a squirrel ran past me, and I began to chase it with my six-year-old daughter. So he forgot to change the rule. Anyway, at 8 a.m. Sunday morning, a message came across our league chat from one of our managers saying that he just realized one of his running backs had been ruled out, and he couldn't add a replacement. He had already reached the three-ad drop maximum. So I made the decision to allow one more ad drop. Here's why. One, it was a dumb rule by me that I wanted to change anyway, but I forgot. Two, it's not like the rule was 10 ad drops a week, and this guy was just willy-nilly adding and dropping guys. His team was decimated. Three, not allowing someone to fill a slot in their roster just sucks. Four, making the sudden change didn't impact anyone negatively. And five, it was also still two hours before kickoff. They're in California, remember. Well, one manager was not fine with it, and it wasn't even the team that the ad drop guy was playing against. As a matter of fact, that guy, that owner hadn't said anything. But this third-party manager was really adamant about the rules and really wanted manager one to have to start a running back who was inactive this week. He said that we all should have voted to make the change and that I shouldn't have made the change unilaterally. I disagree given the timing, my reasoning above, and the fact that I'm the commissioner and that I want everyone to have a good fantasy football experience. Am I I still wrong? Throw a little bit of cheese there to Adam (laughs) Azer. Am I still, am I in the wrong here? I want to take it easy on Carlos because they're new to this, he says, and this is just a, a part-time league. But you, you What's had, a part-time league? There's no such thing as a part-time league. Well, yeah, he should he should probably be a part-time commissioner and, and see if there's anybody else that wants to do the job. <laughs> Come on. Because that is like it's a really, really bad job on your part, Carlos. First off, I don't agree with the three ad drop rule in the first place, but you don't change rules mid season, especially without a league vote. Uh, I think you can change rules mid-season if everybody's okay with it. If the rule sucks. Like we just, in fact, I'm in a league, a dynasty league right now where we changed the rules mid-season. We changed them yesterday from non-decimal scoring to decimal scoring. Everybody's fine with it. Um, so That's a big one. this is a bad rule. Three ad drops per week. You've realized it. Make your rule better. I am the commissioner who wants everybody to have a good time and I can't really get behind letting him do the ad drop. If I'm going to kind of play both sides here, I would say let him do the ad drop and this already happened, but in retrospect, let him do the ad drop if the owner he's playing against is okay with it. And um, I that that would be the best I would do. 
But if if you're getting some pushback, then I think maybe you going forward, you change the rule. But for week three, it has to stay. Also, I'd like to say that I got an email from an, from a, the commissioner in that dynasty league who said, uh, this was last Sunday, said, Adam, the opponent you're going against has an illegal lineup and is scoring zero points. And he said, I don't like this rule. Would you be okay if we fix his lineup and give him his full allotment of points? At the time, I was losing by like 20 points. I ended up winning the week because of Roethlisberger. And I said, you know what I said? That's fine. I don't want anybody to lose a week because of an illegal lineup. Fix the lineup. Give him the points. No problem. That's the kind of guy I am, Heath. That's, that's, um, there are a lot of qualities that are good in a person and, and good in a fantasy owner that are bad in a commissioner. <laughs> want everybody to have fun. That's all. I just want people to have fun. That's why we do this podcast. So you can have fun and so we can regulate. And I forgot the volume is muted. So we can regulate. There we go. Oh, dreadful ending. All right. We're out of here. Tomorrow starter. Well, sit- I got one more, uh, buy low, sell high. Oh yeah. Who's that? The, the sell high is. Um, I don't know, but you know what the buy low is? <laughs> Gotta go buy low. Gotta go buy low. Alrighty. Thanks everybody. Thanks to JB and Heath. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. <laughs>